Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Horse Up Center Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovinoff. I was always welcome by the one and only man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. Day of Reckoning, that boxing car over the weekend uh, in Saudi Arabia. We got to go over. We also got to go over some news, but also, boys, it is the courtside selling off awards for 2023. I believe this is the fourth year in a row. Uh, so we're bringing it back, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, and we've said this before, probably our favorite episode of the year, because it's always fun to reflect, and 2023 is one of the craziest years in combat sports in a long, long time. Um, that being said, before we break into all the action, as always, two sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy gets me to finish line, whether I'm at the gym, working at home, or whether I'm at a Christmas party I don't want to be at, uh, and they can help you get there with code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off. Meanwhile, Elixir. Uh, coming down off of the, <laughs> you know, coming off of the high of the weekend, man. Watching, watching that day of reckoning card, seeing Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder go up and smoke. I instantly had to light up one as well with my, uh, with, <laughs> with code sound off at elixir.com, uh, for 10% off all my Delta A products and you too can enjoy them. And once again, rogueenergy.com and elixir.com code sound off at checkout. Uh, yeah, I said it, dude. Um, I, I said it, and we have to talk about it. Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, likely off, man. Um, after that weekend card. Now, I say likely because we still haven't, I mean, you know, contracts are contracts. Let's see how it plays out. But look, dude, um, in the main event, Anthony Joshua picking up a knockout winner for Otto Valine in the fifth round. Kind of a disappointing for performance for Valine, man. It was, uh, Kind of got worked in there. But obviously the bigger news was Joseph Parker absolutely bodying Deontay Wilder in the co-main event, winning damn near every single round. Wilder just couldn't get off the right hand and ended up being battered, maybe losing a $50 million payday in the process. Angel, there's a lot of talk about coming out of this card, but uh, give me just your overall thoughts on the night of and specifically the fact that we're looking at Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, gone. I mean, look, overall, great card, right? We got to say it. I mean, Riyadh season is a real fucking deal, right? Like, we can kind of admit it at this point, you know? Mm, yeah. Every, everything from the promo to the fights they're bringing to the production. I mean, I'm fucking down for it, you know? Mm. Um, as far as last weekend, though. Fuck, man, what a shit show, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is this is why you know you can't make fights before other fights happen, you know, because um, you could really shoot yourself in the foot. And look, I we we both pick Wilder on the show, granted because you know we love me some Bob Squad, you know. <laughs> but but admittedly though, and and I think I might have even said this previously on the show in the past. I think when you look at the heavyweight division, Joseph Parker is probably one of the worst matchups potentially for Deontay Wilder. Um, I never thought it would be like this though. Now, granted, I, I don't know if we'll, I don't, there's been a lot of talk about age. I don't even know if age is really a factor at this point. Um, for one, cause it's heavyweight too, cause I don't, I don't know. I just didn't see that yet, in my opinion. Um, 
Because when he did open up, you saw near the end, there was kind of these little moments. It's kind of like, damn, you kind of wish there was more of those moments throughout the whole fight. Earlier in the fight, midway through the fight, it took quite a while for him to kind of, you know, get at, get after Joseph Parker a little bit. And credit to Joseph Parker for staying simple the whole time, having his moments, uh, hurting Deontay Wilder and, uh, and getting a big decision win, right? I mean, he's put himself in that conversation, uh, Sadly for Joseph Parker, though, I don't think it's going to go mm, too far. But, I mean, he'll definitely be in the mix in some capacity. What capacity that will be, though, is I, I really don't know. Maybe rematch with Andy Ruiz now, you know, maybe get that one going back. Are we going to get Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker? I don't know. I don't really think there's an audience for that. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially given the fact that I think they fought, I want to say, like, what was it, six years ago at this point, and the fight wasn't really competitive or interesting. It was a relatively just standard AJ win. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's much interest. Dude, I mean, we said it on the show. We said both, like, both. We picked both Joshua and Wilder to win. But at the same time, we both said, like, you know, both of these guys can easily lose these fights. I mean, Joseph Parker, you know, I thought going into this one, I didn't think he I didn't think he was going to be a good enough uh, boxer to avoid the right hand for 12 rounds. And he's a guy that's taken a lot of damage over the course of his career. Uh, so I thought maybe Wilder was going to be able to crack the chins. And for Valine, I thought, you know, maybe he's a southpaw. He's a bigger guy. Big win streak. Uh, beat Gasset last time out. I thought he'd be able to pose some challenges. Dude, if you would have told me the way these two fights would have gone, I don't think I would have believed you, man. I thought Joshua Valine was going to be way closer. Same thing for, for Parker Wilder, just not just for opposite reasons. Uh, <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, right? Um, man, yeah, we bomb squad. There were no bombs on that night, dude. I mean, there were some bombs being landed. It was from fucking the Aussie, man. It was from Aussie, from Joseph Parker. Uh, yeah, dude, it was, it was a, it was a weird night. And this is why, this is, dude, this is why you just don't let fights marinate too long. You know, like, F- Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao waited a decade to fight. Jesus. And by the time, by the time they fought, they were both past their prime. And sure, they got a bunch, they got millions upon millions of people to watch the fight. But I feel like guys, boxers, took the wrong lesson from that situation. The only reason why that worked is because Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao are once in a generation talents and once in a generation draws. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are not that. They waited a decade to make this fight and they wait, not really a decade, but it was more like, you know, six, seven years, and they even, at, in, in for this fucking card, neither one of these guys had to fight actual opponents. They could have just fought on, on the December 23rd, you know? Like, they've built this fight up for so long, and now it's gone. You know, they fucked around and they found out, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like I mean, I like, yeah, you put it bluntly, but yeah, I agree. They did. They fucked around and they found out, and now Joshua, you know, and I saw Eddie Hearn, you know, trying his best to be like, oh, you know, we're gonna, gonna go, he's, he's gonna fight, uh, Philip Horogovic now, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great fight for AJ, and, uh, you know, like, just, it's like, trying hard to, like, defend it, and it's like, bro, we know you lost, like, 50 million dollars, and, like, theoretically, the fight can still happen, and I know that it's, like, according to everything I've read, like, it's signed for March 9th, but, uh, you know. I mean, they could still go through it, but, you know. They, they could, yeah. I mean, I'll watch it, because I want to see it. You know, yeah, but like they really they fucked around and they found out, man. I mean, they they even if the fight goes through now, it's going to be significantly less important than it, than it originally would have been because, man, just it's 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 rough. And here's the thing too is I I still think Deontay Wilder might be able to beat Anthony Joshua. At the same time, you know, uh, I don't think 
I mean, I give him like what significantly less of a chance than I did previously. I don't think there's much of a question now. Also, I mean, we're talking about age. I will give my my quick opinion on this part. Uh, I do think Deontay Wilder. I don't know about age, but I think the I think the damage is caught up to him. Maybe not age, but the damage. Those wars of fury. Because here's the thing: people are correcting the fact that Joseph Parker likely would have outboxed Deontay Wilder at any point in his career. It didn't matter when. He's just a better pugilist. That's just the way it works. At the same exact time, Deontay Wilder, I've never seen him show less urgency. And in a fight whenever he had to know he was down, he didn't He didn't go out there. He didn't go for it. We've seen in Wilder's career whenever he's been down, he's gone for it against Luis Ortiz, against other guys of that caliber. He did, did not even go. He didn't even try to go for it. And for me... Gun shy, like being gun shy, that's always a sign of fighters taking too much damage because they don't want to go. They know what happens if they do, you know? So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was a great performance of Joseph Parker. It, to be fair, I mean, it's not exactly like, uh, Deontay was, was bringing back much heat his way anyway. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, just a dominant performance. You said that you will watch it. I mean, what, sh- would you rather see Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder fight anybody else? Or do you still think that's the fight to make? See, that's the issue. Who else are they going to fight? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. the, they like, like you stated earlier, they didn't have to fight any else, anybody else. They could have just fought each other to begin with. Mm-hmm. They were both coming off wins. It would have sold. People would have bought it. There was a market, and there was a time, and they didn't capitalize on it. Especially right now with all the Riyadh season and all this and all that going down, to, and, and then Fury and Usyk going down. They could label it as like, Whoever wins this is going to fight for the heavyweight titles against the winner of Usyk and fucking Fury, potentially, right, for all the titles, you know, or whatever, right? Something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, well, it, that's that's kind of my big issue, too, is I understand that, you know, Eddie Hearn, he, he said afterwards that, like, oh, you know, Philip Horogovic for the IBF title, that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And I don't want to be mean. Do you think Andy Ruiz in the mix? Because Andy Ruiz was there. I, uh, you know, I, that's the only reason I bring him because there's a point in time where we talked. Yeah. There was actual murmurs of a potential Andy Ruiz Deontay Wilder fight, which I was DTF for. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's one on one. You know, Andy and Joshua. We know that history already. Big upset. First Mexican heavyweight champ, right? Like big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been out of action for. I think it'd be over a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, you know, I, I like, do you think there's any potential there with him? Do you think he'll get involved in any of the Saudi Arabia stuff or, or is Andrew Reese, was Andrew Reese just there out of his own, you know, out of his own goodwill and he was just a uh, president? Um, I know he probably wants to get a big Saudi fight, a big Saudi payday. I know that, uh, based off everything I've heard coming out of like his camp and everything from like the talks that he's had with the boxers, he's just asking for way too much. That's what Wilder said. That's what Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn said. That's what I think even Zeli Zhang said or something like that. Everybody is saying, man. <laughs> yeah, everybody's saying that Ruiz is just asking for way too much. So maybe he was trying to be there to, to, you know, pump himself up and to maybe get some more interest. I could see him fighting on one of these Saudi cards. Honestly, I'm surprised he wasn't on this one. I mean, it was full of heavyweight. It seemed like it would have made sense. Um, maybe, maybe Daniel Dubois versus Ruiz. I mean, I, I'm down to see Andy Ruiz come back. I don't know who he'll fight though. That, this is kind of a big issue. Is this fight really, Parker Wilder really did fuck up the division. And that's why I don't know they, I don't know why they didn't just give Deontay Wilder like fucking Mark DeMorty or something. Like, why would you even risk it? Joseph Parker <laughs> is like, I mean, Joseph Parker, even before this fight was like a legitimate top five, top ten guy. 
Like yeah. everybody knew that. Like like his losses are fucking who is it? It's uh it's Joshua, fucking Joe Joyce, and then somebody else that I can't remember in there. Man, but that Joey Joyce one was a shocker, bro. That was, and that that it's, was he it's, thought. It's, yeah. Especially because of what followed after for Joy Joyce, which was the two back to back Zayli Zeng losses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean that that was still shocking. It was Dillian White, that's who else that's who else Joseph Parker lost to. But outside of that, I mean he's beaten so many good guys and he's a legitimate top five, top ten guy. I don't even know why the fuck they booked this fight. I said that on Twitter. I'm like, dude, like if you're gonna give Deontay Wilder like a fight before fighting Anthony Joshua Fucking put me in there, dog. Like, yeah, like put somebody like me in there. Do you think they should like Big Baby Miller in there? Like, do you think that could have worked too? They, dude, I, yeah, I mean that would have made sense. Like, big, I think, dude, like, my man, fuck it. My man yeah. disrespected, bro. He said they should have thrown Martin Morgan in there, dude. My my boy Martin Morgan didn't even want to die. He didn't even want to fight. Didn't definitely didn't want to die. Definitely didn't want to fight. Mark, yeah, Mark Demore got murked by, uh, fucking Philip Rogovic. He's probably gonna fight AJ next. Like, I don't know why they didn't put that fucking fight together, dude. If, like, I could've, I think I could've shifted some names around and make this card more, like, a lot more interesting. Damn, Josh, is it, is fucking but, uh, Saudi Arabia should've signed you, bro. That's what I've been saying. That's what I'm saying. Hey, dude, hey, I'm a, I've always talked, I've talked about their sports washing, but I'm a sellout to a point. If they give me any money, I'm fucking. <laughs> you let them know, bro. You let I'll be like, know. hashtag visit Saudi, you know, like, <laughs> Riyadh season, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah, but anyways, yeah, I mean, uh, any, any thoughts? I mean, we mentioned Mark Tabori <laughs> in terms of the undercard. Uh, what fights else do you want to talk about? Any, any noteworthy things you want to mention? Now I'm just ready for Dimitri Bivol, dude. Versus Archer Better Beef. That is true. Apparently, I've heard that uh, Beeval signed his side of the contract, so now he's just waiting on Better Beef Send to get through Callum Smith. So, I believe Which, that's what he's going to fight next. So. Yes, yes, you're right. Which I imagine. Sure, where what is the date for that? They, uh, for Archer Better Beef versus Callum Smith, by the way. I want to say it's January like twenty, January thirteenth in in Quebec. Dude, that's uh, coming up on us quick. That that is going to be here before you, before we even know it. Yeah, and you know what? I don't want to say it, but Callum Smith, I I don't want to say he could show up and give him a fight, but he's a dog. You know, he's, he's a, a dog. dog, and he's had he's had big moments before. He's just super inconsistent, so we'll see. But he's giant at light heavyweight, so hey, he's only lost Canelo Alvarez, bro. So took him to decision. I don't think he did anything, if I remember correctly, that that fight. But you know, he didn't get his ass beat as bad as John Ryder did. So I suppose mm-hmm. that's that's something. By the way, that Callum. <laughs> That Callum Smith, like, I remember, like, not so long afterwards, like, a lot of people, like, didn't give that fight, like, a lot of weight to it. But ever since then, like, that Callum Smith win has aged very well for Canelo. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a win. I remember I was way off. But I was like, you know, maybe Callum's going to be the guy to test him, you know? I was really impressed with a couple of his wins. He docked out George Groves, you know? And granted, he's pretty older. But, yeah, I mean, I was I – was, that's, that was a great win for Canelo, and he beat the shit out of him, too. Like, I don't – I could pull it up. Yeah, dude, he won 117, 111, 119, 109. Those were the scores. So, damn. Yeah, anyways, though. Um, yeah, man, I don't I don't have any too many other thoughts about this Day of Reckoning card. We'll have to see where, where things go from here, man. I mean, I, I'm still down to watch Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder, but like I said, they, they waited way too long. They risked it for no reason either. So it's just like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? So uh, just kind of my thoughts. But anyways, man, anyways, 
Are you ready for the for the sound off awards, Angel? You got your all your all your all your things pulled up. Dude, I've been fucking ready. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, listen, folks, sound off awards 2023. It's been a great year. It has been a very very fun year. Um, not exactly like. I don't know, it's not the greatest year of all time, but I will say it was an eventful year. I think that's the way to put it. Um, and as, as every year, we will talk about our, our biggest highlights of the year. And I think we're going to go ahead and start off. This, this is one of Angel's handpicked categories. Breakout Fighter of the Year. Angel, do you want to exp- explain the, the qualifications for Breakout Fighter of the Year? So for me, Breakout Fighter of the Year is just someone who kind of just showed up, kind of established himself in the UFC. Uh, they could have already been in the UFC. And on top of that, kind of the big, for me, thing is it just can't be a ranked fighter. You know, like, it, a lot of people might see a breakout fighter. You're maybe a guy like Ian Gary or fucking, you know, bah, shit, Bo Nickel, right? <laughs> you, you might say, because we <laughs> talked about him earlier. Uh, but do you, do you want me to open up with my breakout fighter of the year, Josh? Sure, man. Go ahead. So my breakout fighter of the year is Ikram Aliskarov, Josh. I mean, let, let's just be honest. He has this attention behind him already, like, so quick. Uh, with not even that many fights in the UFC. I mean, he is two fights deep into his UFC career. He actually officially debuted in the UFC, went over Phil Haas, went over Worley Avis. Sadly, the opponent changed there, originally Nazarene Imamov. But... He, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he was a breakout guy for this year. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. That's that's hilarious because Ikram Asilikarov is also my breakout fighter for 2023. But I think he's like the perfect definition of it, though, when you think about yeah. a breakout fighter of the year. And jokes aside, he is. I mean, yeah. I mean, a guy who came in off of, you know, a couple, a bunch of wins in Brave CF, including a loss to Hamza Chimaev. You know, he fought in Eagle FC, um, coming in, and dude, like, I mean, as far as, like, a UC 2023, it was basically about as dominant as you could possibly get. Um, now, granted, he didn't face, like, the highest level of competition, Phil Hawes, Warley Alves, you know, um, not exactly top 15 guys in, in the case of Warley Alves. I mean, a guy that's, like, been in the UC for uh, quite a while now, typically fights, um, like even I feel like I feel like I remember him fighting way more like welterweight than middleweight too. So he's definitely undersized for that one too. But still, dude, I mean, he had two knockout wins, a combined four minutes of of cage time. He he looks primed for a huge twenty twenty four. I couldn't agree more, man. He is he's definitely the breakout fighter of the year, especially considering we're not counting guys who were in the top fifteen. And you know he's going to be in there very soon. And the UC knows it too. That's why they booked him against Paulo Costa. And Nasruddin Imovov, both of those fights fell apart. But going to fight Anthony Hernandez in February, and uh, if he wins that one, he will be ranked. So, absolute banger, great choice. And next up, I believe this is this is another one from you, new talent of the year. Uh, this one, I believe, your qualifications are just guy who guy girl got to the UC in 2023. Interesting name. Um, why don't you go ahead, man? Yeah, I mean, more or less, it's just like they made their debut this year in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, for me, this is a guy that initially I kind of was kind of 
not super convinced about. He was he's very green, still learning a lot. But I will say his last two performances kind of showed a fair bit of the growth. And for me, Josh, it was Vitor Petrino, the two o fiver, uh, twenty six years young, ten fights deep. Uh, I mean, look, he went for fighting Antok Turkolaj, having some, and it went to, that fight went the distance, having some moments in that where I was kind of like, okay, we can see that there's some some IQ. There's still some learning here that needs to be improved on. To getting a finish over Marcin Pratno and finishing Modesto Bukakis on the feet, who just had come back to the UFC after not being in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, dude, that's a that's a that's a good fucking pick, dude. That's a good pick. And uh, I, I'm gonna give you one that I don't think I don't think you thought about. And this this one actually may be a little bit controversial. You know, I'll I'll go ahead and say that because he did suffer a loss this year actually, but the man is active. He's young, and he's entertaining as fuck. I'm talking about the notorious CLD, Christian Leroy Duncan, 9-1. 2-1 in the UFC thus far. He debuted with a knockout win to Reducio Throdovich in March. He later suffered a decision loss to Armand Petrosian in a banger in June. That was the first loss of his career. And Armand's another guy, too, who's very good. Uh, pretty, not not young necessarily. He'd be young in his UFC tenure. Um, and then... CLD back in November, getting a knockout win to get back on the board. He's an interesting guy, man. He's a very interesting guy, and I look forward to seeing him move forward. Former Cage Warriors guy, still only 28 years old, uh, fighting out of the UK. We'll see how he does. Um, I'm very excited to see him move forward. But he is my new talent of the year. Um, this one's going to be a little bit different. This one's going to be a little bit, little bit uh, more, I guess... In depth, this is going to be our top five fights in MMA for 2023. Normally we do, you know, I believe it's three, but dude, I, I feel like we should kind of open it up a little bit because uh, this year was so crazy, and there's some a lot of fights I do want to highlight. And so I figured we can just go back and forth, man. I mean, what's what's one of your five? I mean, it's probably one you definitely have on your list. Uh, I don't know. Did you put yours in order? I, I kind of did, kind of didn't, if, if that makes any sense. I know that sounds a little odd. No, no, you, I think I know what you, I know exactly what you mean. Well, we can just, we can just go in general. General. You know, not, this can be not super ranked, you know? I, I mean, for me, my fight of the year, I guess I'll say that. Undisputedly, yeah. personally, my fight of the year was Brandon Moreno, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pantoja. There's no question about it. Title on the line, five round banger, flyweights going at it. I mean, it, I think it was, uh, for me, it hit all, all the check boxes and what I personally look for in a, a fight of the year, you know. Um, there was other, there was other really good fights, but for me, it's dude. When they, there's something on the line. And on top of that, I mean, a three round fight can be fight of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, this this one, without a doubt, was definitely fight of the year. And I don't think anything else came close to it. There were some, there were some bangers in there, but this did have the title on the line. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm in full agreement with you. Like mine are not ranked, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno three. I mean, you're talking about two of the best on the on the planet at flyweight and back and forth, man. I mean, uh, just both guys getting rocked. All phases of MMA involved in this one. Just an absolute fucking banger. And in the fact that there was history involved too. I mean, it's a rivalry. You know, and they might fight for a fourth time. Like, it just, 
all of it, you know, encapsulates together into becoming like the perfect fight of the year. That's what I was going to like. I, mine aren't really ranked, but if I had to choose one, I probably would choose the same exact fight. That one. Um, yeah, man, absolute banger. And also the, the I mean, it, it had everything, including the emotional moment at the end, man. Are you proud mm-hmm. of me now, dad? <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. I mean, Alexander cannibal, dude. A guy who's so violent, his nickname is the fucking cannibal, providing us with a tearjerker moment of the year, man. Like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Any, uh, what, what's another fight you want to go ahead and give some praise to? I mean, we got to give some love to the ladies, man. Le- uh, literally, buzzer beater, stamp their name into the conversation, Josh. Irene Aldana, Carol Rosa. Irene Aldana coming back after turning in a very disappointing performance again, Amanda Nunes. This was the perfect way to come back and end the year, man giving us a fight of the year contender because these ladies went at it, Josh, nonstop action on the feet, back and forth punches. There was blood. There was pain. There was hurt. Absolute all-time banger for me. All-time all time fight. It could be all-time fight, but definitely all-time women's fight for sure, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I fully agree, dude. I fully agree. Um, that is a banger fight. That's not the that's not the fight I was gonna show some la- so show some love to the ladies with though I mean that's a, that's a really good one I, I but I'm I'm glad that you did not take this one or maybe you did but Macy Barber versus Amanda Hebos UFC Jacksonville in the summer two young fighters on the rise at women's flyweight beating the absolute shit out of each other I'm not I don't know if people remember this one. It was like a fucking horror movie scene with blood everywhere, both ladies bleeding, and it was Macy Barber who got the knockout win to kind of stamp her place. It's like, you know what? I am the future. Big fucking moment for her. A banger of a fight. Had to show some love to the ladies for that one. Um, what, what's another fight that you want to talk about, man? Well, well, funny enough, it was a fight that was also on that card, Josh. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, shit. It was Chep and Mariscal versus Trevor Peak, Josh. These guys had an absolute fucking banger. They both rocked each other multiple times. It was visible on each other's faces. I mean, absolute fucking just. I mean, it, it for I, I at one point in time I thought this potentially could have been a fight of the year, but I I definitely had it in the back of my mind for a while. Uh, for it was a fight that was even on the prelims or early prelims too, so it had no, you know, you the average fan might have not even expected it, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick, dude. That's not a fight a whole lot of people I, remember. I think debuted, too, for Chep and Mariscal that day. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good shout. I don't think too many people would have would have picked that one, man. Um, this, this, is a, this is a personal one for me. Uh, I don't think most people saw this fight, uh, which was an absolute shame. Bellator 290. Brennan Ward versus Sabaho Masi. Yeah. These two fucking guys... He came back from his long layoff where he had a lot of, you know, addiction issues and he got clean. Ever since then, he's turned in banger after banger after banger, but none of them have been as good as this fight going down start of the year in in February, excuse me, I'll say January, in February, Zabajo Masi rocked him early, nearly got the finish, couldn't get the finish because Brennan Ward got that fucking dog in him, you know, uh, and just that second round starts, and they just winged fucking punches for the entire duration. Eventually, Brennan Ward end up, ends up getting the knockout win in uh, just an absolute war, man. That was a Belter 290 card that uh, was a very, very fun one. And, man, just just an absolutely electric, electric knockout win for Brennan Ward. 
So I had to go ahead and mention that one. What's another pick for you, man? I mean, that, that's a good shot, by the way. I thought about picking that one at one point. Um, I mean, Josh, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't mention this one earlier, but it's one that really set the tone for the year. It's mm-hmm. Islam versus uh, Volkanovski one, Josh. Yeah. In Australia, I mean, it was it was a fight that we could not stop talking about there for a while. Uh, it showed. I think this fight showed how great both these guys are, truthfully, and in some in in, in multiple ways. And uh, for Volk, I mean, that that night, and it was in Australia too, if I ever remember right. Um, just I mean, just a great fight. I mean, we like I said, there was a there was a conversation of like, did Volk win? Is Volk supposed to be the 155 champ right now? Mm-hmm. You know, we we had that conversation there. Was Volk robbed? I thought, you know, I, at one point in time, I, I was one of those people. I thought Volkanovski had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too, and that was actually the fight I was going to mention next, dude. That that main event of UC 284, it had everything. It had. I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, it doesn't get much better than pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number two. It literally doesn't get better than that. And it was two guys at the height of their career. Like, I don't think most people realize how rare this actually is. Like, we've had a lot of champ-champ fights, but is there really any time whenever we've had, like, a champ-champ fight whenever we can really say, like, okay, these are definitively number one in the weight class. You know what I mean? Like, think back to some of the historical ones. Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. Love Conor. Love Eddie. Habib should have been champion that night, if we're being honest. You know what I mean? Like, uh, in, uh, in, in Featherweight, I don't think he could have made any arguments against Connor, but you get my point. You know what I mean? Like, there's multiple examples. Like, Daniel Cormier, Stipe. Love both of those guys. But DC was only champion because John Jones was, was out of action. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's many, uh, like, examples of that. Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Akashev are clearly number one in each of the respective weight classes. They got a full camp, unlike the rematch, and they put on one of the greatest fights and one of the most high-level fights that you'll ever fucking see. I don't think people will appreciate that enough until it's, like, Angel, I don't think we're going to see a fight like this for a long time. Yeah, Like, we'll get super fights, you know what I mean? But, like, like that? Nah, man. What were you going to say? I mean, I was going to say, and the other thing, dude, they were pound for pound. They were right next to each other. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. probably the only time that we're ever going to have that again. Mm-hmm. I mean, conveniently, they both were in, in weight classes where they could potentially fight each other, and they did fight each other. The odds of that happening again, I, I don't know if it ever will in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree, dude. I, I fully agree. Um, I don't think it will. I don't think it will, man. I mean, it's just so rare. And that's what that's what I was trying to say. That's, that's the kind of the overall point I'm trying to get, all, get across. Like, we've had super fights. We've had champ versus champ. But, like... Pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number two. And you can definitely argue that, like, I've definitely taken some shots at Islam over the years because I just generally don't like guys who kind of get accelerated to a title position. Like, he beat one ranked guy, which was two-week, you know, not even two-week, one-week Dan Hooker, you know what I mean, before he got the title shot. Uh, So I don't think – you could definitely argue that he didn't deserve to be pound for pound number one, even number two, number three, number four – but that night, he showed his actual craft against a guy of that caliber against Volkanovski and the fight previously against Oliver and so on and so forth. Just two guys, high to their prime, banger of a fight. Doesn't get much better. And it was one of those fights to where, like, we both thought Volkanovski deserved the nod. But, like, I don't think we, – we weren't mad whenever Islam won. Like, it was a fucking hard fight to score. You know what I mean? So, 
Uh, yeah, man, great pick. And you have one more, I believe, for your yeah. to pick for fight of the year. Dude, this is one that I hope people will remember. Cody Gibson versus Brad Cantona. Oh, shit. That's a good one. I mean, to be honest, the fight that won, obviously, it brought Brad Cantona back to the UFC because he won tough. But on top of that, gave Cody Gibson another opportunity to be in the UFC. Because mm-hmm. he got, he did end up getting signed after this, uh, even though he didn't win the technically the tough tournament or tough finale or whatever. But he got a chance to, I believe he's a history AP teacher or something, something along the lines of English AP teacher. He got a he got an opportunity to be in the UFC once again, man. I mean, that's a pretty sick moment in and of itself, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a dude. That's a great fucking pick. I'm happy you you went ahead and mentioned that one. That that was my sixth fight. Just barely missed, uh, barely yeah. missed the cut. Uh, that's uh, actually serious. That's that's not a joke. So you you know an honorable but, mention I have in here that's probably people are probably gonna give a shit for that we didn't put in here, dude. But Fazeev Gaethje, Fazeev Gaethje, yeah, that was a good fight. It was good. I know. I mean, and I, and I didn't put it in there because I, I for me I didn't I couldn't find I couldn't see myself removing any of these other people out of this list. And granted, I mean the the striking quality in that fight was probably. Way higher than Aldana and my disguise repeat. But those were some bangers, dude. They were just yeah. slobber knockers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolute slobber knockers. I agree, dude. Um, I don't necessarily think that – yeah, I mean, look, that's a good fight. But I didn't even come out of that fight thinking, like, damn, dude, that's that's a fight of the year. Because I thought both of those guys, like, germ- like if I remember fight, that fight correctly, it was definitely way more slow-paced than a lot of other Gaethje fights, which are normally fight of the year. Maybe that's why I'm not remembering it as fondly, but... uh It's crazy, because usually Gaethje, every time he fights, yeah, has at least one, you know? He has yeah. one. Exactly. So it's surprising he's not going to make the cut, but it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, three-round fight, you know, with Fazee, that I it was a good fight, but it didn't blow me away. And then the, the Poirier knockout, which was incredible, but no fight of the year for Justin Gaethje. I guess you're right, because I have to give one more, one more, my fight, my last one, dude, come on. Come on, Angel. I can't believe you didn't throw this in here. Alex Pahea versus Israel Adesonia 2. I mean, I understand that it kind of got ruined because both of these guys are in dramatically different places just a couple of months later. Um, but, dude, I mean, the rivalry going into it, the action involved. I rewatched that fight last week just just for fun. And it's another fight that ends in the second round. But, dude, the, the eight minutes that they're in the cage were fucking electric. Just... So much action involved. It looked like Israel, it looked like Izzy was going to suffer the loss. In the end, he gets his own comeback win after suffering, you know, a fifth round knockout loss in November. Two, two Hall of Famers, another chapter of the rivalry. I have to mention in my top five fights of the year. Maybe it didn't go as long as some other ones, but damn, it was electric for, from the word go. You know, it's a great, I think the big thing about those fights, I mean, both those fights, those both guys had the, the intensity. In the cage, the intensity in the room. There, there's very few times where I watch a fight and I feel like weight on my shoulders. And that was definitely one of them where I had something the whole time. Because I know at any moment, you know, it could just happen. You know, and it did in both of their fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely, I think it's a good shout. Uh, I, I could, uh, for me personally, didn't make the cut. But definitely a great moment, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um yeah, that's all we got for, for the tar top five fights of the year. Like you said, probably if we had to actually rank them, you know, Pantoja Moreno probably would have been number one. But regardless, great year for combat sports, specifically MMA. But man, we gotta go ahead and talk about our event of the year. 
Because look, man, there's been a lot of great cards. Whether and this can this is applying to MMA, boxing, whatever you want it to be in the world of combat sports. Man, a lot Josh. of <laughs> a lot of great stuff, man. What uh, what's your event of the year, Angel? Oh man, this this one's a hard one for me, Josh. I I definitely went back and forth because I mean, event of the year, and I think it, there's a little bit of I mean, kind of a. You know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for how all the fights went on the card? How did, you know, the production of the event, how it looked, the scenery, um, the outcome, you know, whatever, right? But for me, my event of the year, Josh, had to be, and, and it's, it's actually a toss up for me. Uh, it's either Francis X Tyson Fury or Bud X Earl. I mean, both of those mm. fight, both of those events had, I mean, th- those moments, Going in there, the the production, the and you know Eminem being there with Earl, uh, but for me it has to be Francis Francis Tyson. You know it doesn't get enough love. Um, another honorable mention in there, which is you know no, I don't think anybody's probably even thought of. Uh, one's debuted in the U.S. with uh, DJ and Marais three in the main event. Uh, honestly, I think that's that's a good shot too, man. Um, had it showed all aspects of MMA. Uh, Rod Sang on the co-main, Mikey Musumeci on that card too, Stamp Fairtex, the return of Sage Northcut. Uh, I mean, lot, lots to tell on that card. I know that one's kind of a, but that's just kind of a sleeper pick for me personally. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, dude. That's actually, that's, there's a couple of good, couple of good shouts. Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, that was, uh, that was one that I was thinking a lot about for this. Um, and if we're gonna go ahead and tie it, if you're gonna get two, I'm gonna give that one as well, man. That was a fucking, the card itself really wasn't anything crazy, and I hated the musical performances. And really, I don't have any good fond memories of basically anything before the walkouts. But God damn it, whenever the Saudis want to put on money, and they ha- they want to put on a show, and they have the money to do so, they can make some cool shit happen, dude. I mean, the- I remember the walkout very fondly, and Ganu coming out with Izzy and Kamaru and Mike Tyson, and, you know, like he's coming out with the fucking crown on and everything. And then uh, Fury, his entrance of going through that long hallway, you know, getting getting hyped up by all the, the legends of boxing from yesteryear, you know, fu- even guys like fucking Riddick Bowe there, like, like just they flew out everybody, man. Um, the ghost of Tommy Morrison was there too, dude. Believe it. Jesus or not. Christ, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke, he was there. He was in attendance. <laughs> he was there, man. Oh fuck. Yeah, Tommy Morrison was there, bro. Uh yeah, man. Just he had that long entrance and uh and then the fight was just like man, I, I still I I'll never forget watching that fight, man. Just I remember I was fucking trying to write I was trying to work at the same time. You couldn't you couldn't function. You couldn't I could I couldn't function. I was trying to write some other like pre stuff up from like the prelims or whatever the fuck that doesn't matter, you know? And uh and I remember that knockdown. And I remember the knockdown. And I was just like, "Am I? Is this real?" Like, and I and like my fiance can can attest to this. I was like, "Fucking!" I had my I was watching it on my phone. Like, I was like, "What? The, what the fuck?" Like, just like it's just, like I was just wasn't even happy, shocked. I was just I'm sad we didn't watch that together because I I had I got hyped up in the room, dude. I I fucking was like, "Oh shit!" You know, like well, to be fair, I mean, I, if I thought that fight was gonna be a fraction as good. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude I, I, I had hope the whole time, bro. I was, I had Francis' back the whole time. You actually. knew Iron Mike was going to go in there and give him the tools to succeed. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
But uh, anyways, bro. Um, yeah, man, just yeah, an insane night. I do have to give another mention though. My my event of the year before you know before I knew we were doing two. You know, have have this one tied. I, I mean, I gave it an honorable mention. It was just so hard. You know, you always want to yeah. mention multiple. You're right. You're right. Regardless, Bellator 290, the retirement of Fyodor Emelianenko in the main event. This Go. card had Johnny Eblen, Brennan Ward versus Sabah Masi, Lorenz Larkin with his fucking elbow knockout of Mahmoud Barakamov, Henry Corrales. I mean, the prelims were fucking stacked, man. Um... And in that main event, fatal or loss, but having the, the big, the big send off, like surrounded by MMA legends, a lot of pride guys there, a lot of early UFC guys there paying him his due. It felt like, it felt like an end of an era, you know, and, uh, it's really hard to pull that off, like respectfully, professionally and have it look good. But yeah, man, I mean, that, that was one of my events of the year. One of my ba- favorite moments of the year was Fedor's retirement send off. I mean, that was, that was pretty fucking epic, dude. I mean, to have all those legends surrounding him, and really, just like I said, an end of an era. His Fedor really was kind of the last big guy from Pride that was still fighting. Now, granted, there's still some out there, but whenever you think of Pride, you think of guys like Fedor Emelianenko, and he was one of the last ones to go. So I have to go ahead and give him a shout. And that was the last. That's gonna be the last big Bellator card too. I mean, that one aired on CBS. You know, uh, they said it was gonna air on Paramount Plus, and then it fucking didn't. Um, <laughs> someone said it's triggered. I, I'm still triggered over it. You know, I bought Paramount Plus for that shit and uh, didn't air on it. They aired the replay, thank God. You know, a couple weeks later. You know, uh, but yeah. Anyways, man, that's that's my that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, Belcher 290, excellent event. That being said, man, we still got more. We got more awards to give out. Boxing match of the year, man. A lot of big ones. Great year for boxing, man. Great year for boxing. Which one would you say, uh, which boxing match stood out to you as the most uh, important or best? You know, for me, this one's an easy one, Josh. I had to do Plant Benavides. Uh, dude, Plant's toughness is just unquestioned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, Benavides is a great talent. I mean, we, we've, I mean, not even that long ago, we've seen another stellar performance out of him. Easily for me personally, my boxing match of the year. And look, there was a great, there was a lot of other great moments. There was a lot of great finishes, but for me, this was a great match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fully, I'm on the same page too. And that was a great fight. Caleb Plant, he had, you know, there was heat behind that one too, man. Like both guys who are both on the rise. Maybe not Caleb Plant's not on the rise, but he's proved himself to be a fucking dog at 168. And uh, Benavides is absolutely a guy on the rise. So, yeah, that's a great pick. I'm going to go ahead and throw out. I got to I gotta give some praise, man. This is a fight I would have never expected to put here because I think even during the build of this fight, I kind of shit on one of these guys' chances. Uh, whether or not, I don't care if it was on the podcast or in like a couple of the written pieces I did. Archer Betterbiev versus Anthony Yard. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Archer Betterbiev, man, I mean, you're talking about a, a fucking Russian killer. 19 up, 19 down, and prior to that fight, he faced Joe Smith Jr., a former champion, retired, you know, I think he even was champion at the time, retired fucking B-hop, you know, just a dog, and Archer better be a blasted him out of there in two rounds. And so then he's taking on Anthony Yard in the UK, and Anthony Yard, I like the guy, but I mean... Dude, but it, you've seen it, yeah. bro. You've seen it, Kovalev, 
The Kovalev fight, fight. He's there, bro. I know, I know. He was, I, but even then, that was a seven thousand year old Kovalev. You know, he lost I to mean, Lyndon Arthur. And, and look, he did lose all those matchups. Like, <laughs> you know, but it was just like he gave you these moments of like, why are why are you making this shaky? Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, and that and that better be a fight, dude. I mean, you're talking about a guy thirty. What is he? I want to say he's in his early thirties now. He has to be, and. Just facing like the best, the best in the world at his weight class, and he probably knew. All right, I get, I'm gonna get one last shot at the titles. I'm going out on my fucking shield. And Anthony Yard went in there and showed he brought the dog out. You know, the beast from the east. You know, that's his nickname. He fucking he went in there, gave it his all, got knocked out, but god damn it, for eight rounds of just electric action, bro. I mean, that's all that fight was, man. Um, so I gotta go and tip it, man. Uh, love better be a love, I'm big, big, big Anthony Yard fan. I, I do like Anthony Yard. I've shit on his chances a couple of different times and I gotta stop doing that because every single time he goes out, he doesn't, he doesn't win, but god damn it, he gives it his all and that's all he can really ask, man. Um, so yeah, big, big one, man. Next up, we have upset of the year. Let's be honest here. Uh, there's, there's really only a couple of different fights you could pick. <laughs> there were a couple of big upsets, though. Uh, which one are you going with, Angel? Oh, man, Josh. You know I had to pick Ismail Balfin, Nicholas Dalton. No, kidding. That was a big upset. That was a big upset, actually, betting otherwise, if I believe so. If yeah. I remember right. Uh, I can't remember if it was Gabriel Balfin. It was one of the Balfin brothers. Regardless, yeah. though, Josh. I mean, look, we only have one choice, Josh. If you didn't pick this, I'm actually going to be surprised. If you have another pick, oh, I think they'll be cool. You'll yeah. have to educate me here, but it has to be Sean Izzy, right? I mean, there's no if, buts, or wins about it, right? It has to be. That's my pick, yeah. I mean, I I kind of wanted to say Grasso, Shevchenko, just to be a hipster, but, you know, let's be honest here. I mean, like, Shevchenko has kind of been struggling her last few fights anyway. It wasn't that – it wasn't as crazy of a shock as it would have been, you know, two years ago. So, yeah, dude, upside of the year, Sean Izzy, I mean – and also, Sean, he had, like, yeah. the lead-up into it. Like, it was his last fight this year as well, which could have contributed to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, whereas if Grosso maybe had that fight with Valentina, it was a draw. And then she fought again this time and kind of – like, if the fights were literally flipped, I think we might be having a different conversation. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Or maybe not. Because yeah. maybe that – like we said, if the fights were flipped, then it would have been a draw or whatever. But, you know, we're talking about what-if scenarios. Yeah, I don't think so though, man. Just because the circumstances, like, le- I think it's possible, but the circumstances leading into Sean Izzy, I mean, Sean wasn't supposed to get the title shot, man. I mean, he 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 was running a two fight winning streak over who is it, a- Abus Magomedov and uh, Jared Cannonier. Well, not even Jared Cannonier. He, he lost Nazarene. the Cannonier. Yeah, he he lost the Cannonier. Uh, he beat Nazardine. So. Yeah, I mean, they ended up going with him. They gave him the title shot because Rikas couldn't make it. They went over, they went over Candier, who had beaten him recently. Like, and, and Izzy's coming off of avenging, like, a loss to a longtime rival. It looked like, okay, now we're back on track. Now we're back on the Israel Adesanya story, you know? And then Sean Strickland's like, no, fuck no, this is my story. And he beat his ass in his home country. And by the end of the fight, they were cheering. For Sean Strickland, man. Um, I guess it's his, it's his adopted home country, but you get my point. Um, yeah, man, just insane. Has to be upset of the year. But, you know, there, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about, man. And this, this is a fun one. Moment of the year. I'm very curious to see what, what you have here, because this could be anything. Just if you think of 2023, what's, the, what's just one moment that pops into your mind, man? 
So I, I have my moment, and then I'll, I'll give my two honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Josh, for me, this one isn't even close. It's something that I think we should still be talking about now. Something that I feel is not even getting as much attention as it should. Undisputedly, unquestionably, the moment of the year for 2023 in combat sports was Francis Ngannou dropping Tyson Fury. Yep. It's not even close. Look, Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence fought. Cool. Awesome. You know, Crawford put up a fucking historic numbers. You know what I mean? Hitting mm-hmm. at, a, at an impressive accuracy. You know? But John Jones made his return a heavyweight. You know, he beat Cyril Gunn in seconds. You know, like, you know, we just talked about Sean Strickland. That's a big moment, too. But, Josh, none of that comes close to me personally than Francis Ngannou dropping Tyson Fury on the Cavs, the you know, the world heavyweight champion of the world, against an 0-0 boxer. Mm. That is – that will live rent-free in my head. Right behind me right now, Josh, you can't see it. I have a doubted hoodie. It's a, it's a, it's from a full violence. It's in Ganu dropping Tyson Fury. I shit you not. If I turn on my <laughs> camera right now, it's hanging on the back of my chair. That's what I have behind me right now. That's how much, that's how meaningful this moment is to me. You're going to, for the first, for the first video version of the, uh, the sound off podcast, you're going to be wearing that hoodie, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. And, 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 and on top of that, Josh, in the front of it, it has, it has one word. Cause on the back it has the sign and the front, the word on the front says doubted. Oh. That goes hard, dude. I didn't even know they fucking came out with that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's a great pick, dude. And, uh, Nganu, man. I mean, we have some Nganu, hopefully, news later to cover. I mean, ho- I mean, obviously it's not confirmed, but PFL stuff. PFL news right. to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, but hopefully, God willing. Regardless, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an excellent moment. And if you're looking at the totality of the year, it's, that's probably it. I mean, you're talking about something that just seemed impossible. I mean, and people still try to, like, I don't want to say doubt it, but they're like, oh, you know, Tyson Fury, he's been he's been inactive. You know, he didn't take the fights here. So, like, people are still making excuses about it. Like, it's it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Because um, people just don't know how to respond to it. And I said this at the time. Like, you can't see a single thing about Tyson Fury that you can't also say about Francis Ngannou. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's been out of – oh, he's been out for a year. And Ngannou was out for two. <laughs> You know, like, oh, you know, like, oh, he has, he didn't have a tune-up, you know, fucking Ngannou's never boxed. So it's like, yeah, man, I mean, just, it's it's still crazy to me, um, even well over two months later. And it's one of those fights that, like, I feel like Angel, like, I feel like decades from now, we're going to be like, yeah, I watched that fucking fight. You know what I mean? Are, are you excited for us to be old and talk about that one day? <laughs> yeah. We're going to be sitting on the fucking, the front porch, you know. Dude, literally what I was smoke, thinking right now. Smoke, smoking weed, because hopefully Kansas will legalize it at some point <laughs> in my fucking lifetime. No, but in the meantime, use code uh, soundoff at elixir.com. But, yeah, I mean, just just insane. I did not go with that as my moment of the year, because I kind of figured that that was probably – you're probably going to take that one. Well, like I said, I got so two honest. more honorable mentions, too. Yeah, you know? oh, well, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Take your honorable mentions. My other honorable mention, Josh, said your may. PFL debut, that was pretty fucking sick. I mean, you yeah. can't deny it. That was a sick moment. On top of that, getting the finish, crowd gets rattled up, and then the MVP face-off, you know, just to get us a little excited. Didn't end up happening. But, dude, that was a that was a powerful moment right there. And it wasn't in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that's why I had to mention it so much. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of cut you off, that is my moment of the year. 
That is my moment of the year. The debut, the the PFL debut of Cedric Duwambe. He said that the UFC fumbled him. He is absolutely correct. Because, dude, I mean, I said it at the time. I mean, it's it was one of those it's one of those moments that you're like, if somebody transported you, if they took that moment and they just put it in like the Roman Coliseum, like fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody would doubt it. Like that, that's one of the coolest moments in human history, dog. I mean, he had the crowd entirely on his side. He brought out a mattress, a fucking mattress that said Bon Nuit Jordan. And then he put him to sleep in seven fucking seconds after, like, dude, I mean, fuck off. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, just that was my moment of the year. I mean, I was just, I was in pure awe watching that. Like, that was the moment that made me think, like, okay. Either P- this could be lightning in a bottle here, but if the PFL can capture this just a couple more times a year, something of not even of this caliber, because that's not going to happen again, but of something a fifth of this cool, you know? Do you Either- even mention that fucking Mbappe was there too? Shit, there you go. Mbappe was there. Yeah, I mean, it w- there. I know there were other soccer players too. Like, I think there was other some other players from uh, PSG there too. Like, dude, if if P- they maybe maybe they're not all the way in the U.S. yet, but like, dude, if you're good. If you're going to debut somewhere, and that was their debut in France, whew, you know, that's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. So, uh, I, you have one more honorable mention, I believe. You said you had two. We we have to talk about this one, Josh. This one is probably not going to get as much love as the other two did. Not even close. Because even the even the Sacred Tomb Big one killed it on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on ESPN, and all that. Uh, Stamp Fairtex becoming three-sport champ. And obviously the moment she shared with Angela Lee, Lee that fight week, man, because obviously Angela Lee obviously coming out, telling a, a lot about her personal life and obviously the situation with her family and all that and kind of talking about her own battles with mental health and uh, and kind of the, 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 the poetry even in the fight itself that happened because uh, those gals thought they were going to be fighting. I can't remember if it was for a title shot or for the interim belt because Angela Lee was still the champ at the time. That uh, the night before Angel Lee relinquishes her title and tells uh, Stamp and Ham privately that they will be fighting for the title mm. the following day. Uh, and the fight happens, and Stamp ends that fight in a body kick finish. Which crazily enough, her fight with Angela because they fought when they fought for the, when she fought for the title the first time, she almost finished Angela with a body kick. Angela mm-hmm. recovered. She made it. I can't. I can't remember. If she made it to the next round, or she continued that round. Fight went to the ground, and she finished uh, stamp with a with a, uh, a submission, which I can't remember off the top of my head. And they embraced each other. And then later on, kind of the same moment happens again, but in a very different way. It was just something so beautiful and something that I'll never probably ever get to see again. And it just kind of all lined up perfectly. Obviously, the moment came from sadness, but it became a happy moment in the end. And at the end, when she tells her. When Stamp tells Angela, can I call you sister, it was like a fucking movie script. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, it was it was a great moment. Um, I'd probably make that – I mean, you described it very well, like really well. Honestly, if if one wasn't super sensitive about copyright, I'd totally make like a clip of that. But uh, yeah, dude, I love me some Stamp Fairtex. I think – it's kind of funny. I think if there's like going to be a fighter that's going to get like U.S. attention, it's going to be DJ, right? It's probably mm-hmm. good. I think Stamp's not too far behind him. Like, she has a very big fan base. She's very entertaining, not only in the cage, but outside the cage. She's very sweet. She's very she's a great personality. 
And I'm really happy you mentioned that, dude. I think the Angela Lee story has been one that's really gone under the radar for the Angela Lee slash Victoria Lee. That whole, the whole one championship saga involving that really did not get the attention that it deserved. And I understand why. I mean, MMA websites and, and, you know, they don't want to cover anything non-USC because of the obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was an incredible story. I'm happy you, you mentioned that one, dude. That's, that's one that also flew under the radar for me personally, you know? So, uh, I'm very happy you mentioned that one. But now it's time to break into the best of the best. We have Boxer of the Year up next. And to be quite honest, I don't think this one's very difficult, but I'm curious to see who you have. For me, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I think after, you know, last night, or I guess yesterday morning for us, yeah. I mean, it has to be Inouye, right? I, I, yeah. For me, it's not even close. I mean, look, credit to Brody Crawford, credit to... Javante Davis, created Devin Haney, but I think what Inouye has done in these 13 months is probably the most impressive out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm on the same page with you. I mean, I it's funny. I was talking about the, like my my you know my fiance asked me like she was like who is this who is this Japanese guy because for some reason he was on her TikTok because you know he fought yesterday and I was like dude. That's Naomi anyway, and if he fought in America, he'd be the biggest fucking thing you'd ever heard of. Yeah. That's that's yeah. If, if Naomi anyway, if that motherfucker fought outside of Japan, and, and let me be clear here, he doesn't give a fuck about fighting outside of Japan, and it's entirely his choice. Who cares, you know? Because uh, he's making the history over there. I mean, a two-time undisputed champion, and Bud Crawford made history as the first man to accomplish that feat. You know, back in I believe it was July that he fought that he fought Earl. Because, dude, and then right after that happened, it took, in a way, six months. <laughs> just, 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 he knocked out Stephen Fulton up at Super Bantamweight, got two titles, and then he fought Marlon Tapales, he knocked him out, got another two. Naoya, anyway, man, the monster out of Japan. 26 up, 26 down, 23 wins by knockout. And even some of those decisions, like he, he went to decision with Nonito Donaire, and then in the rematch, he fucking annihilated him. By the I way, mean, yeah. I need to send you this clip. Yeah. There's a clip of where he's talking about when he – I think he broke his orbital in that fight. Have you seen that clip by any chance? I think I have. Where he's yeah. like, I was seeing two of them. And he's like uh, – how he's like uh, – and he was like in – in the interview shows in the picture. So he's like, you could see him like this? And then me behind him, he's like, yeah. And then they show a clip of the fight where he's covering his orbital eye with his glove so he can see only one Nonito Donaire. What a dude, he's fucking dude. You, that is some next level. Ju- I was like, and when I saw the clip, it doesn't say anything, you know, like it just skipped to it. Yeah, and it took me a second to realize what was happening, and then I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. Exactly, dude. Exactly, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's the real deal, and uh, like I said, if he fought, if he fought, man, if he fought in America, fought out, not even just in America, cause he's fought in America before, like once or twice, but like that was a couple of years ago. Um, at this point, man, he's just he's so fucking exciting. Like I said, twenty six up, twenty six down, twenty three wins by knockout, two time undisputed champion. Um, he has to be the, your boxer of the year for twenty twenty three, and I don't particularly think it's close. Shout out Bud Crawford. Excellent feat, finally facing Earl and just beating the dog shit out of him. 
you know, Canelo notched a couple big wins, you know, like it, but dude, let's be honest. It's not even a contest. It's no yo anyway. Um, and he's still only getting better too. And that's a, that's a crazy thing. He's 30 years old, man. Like he still has a lot left in him. So we'll see. We'll see where he goes from here. Now it's time to divert to MMA because we have to give out our male and female fighter of the year. So we'll go ahead and go, we'll go with the women first. Who do you got for your female fighter of the year? This one's going to trigger some people, Josh, but I have to go with Amanda Nunes. I know, I know that sounds, this is very controversial and I, and I hate to say it, but really, I, I don't think any of the women really impressed me this year. They didn't have, and granted, Weili Zhang was on the book, you know, put on the silence for a while. You know, Amanda Nunes retired. Uh, straw weight obviously got slowed down. Uh, for me, it has to be, it has to be Amanda Nunes, man. She, for once, she gets to end her career and finish it in, in Amanda Nunes fashion. And I, like, we talked about it way back when, when she would retire. I, one of the things I loved about her speech was she said, no matter who comes next or the person after that, None of them are going to be able to do what I did. Not the one after that, not the one after that, or the one after that. And, uh, you know something? I got to agree with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree as well. That's all. I mean, look, especially at like the top level of women's MMA, for whatever reason, they just don't get booked that often. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's a fine pick, dude. That's a fine pick. And it, she's literally the, the goat. I mean, if you're looking at everything that she's done, I mean, sure, she suffered the loss to Pena, but she beat the dog shit out of her in the rematch and uh, was almost definitely going to do the same in the trilogy. Um, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Admittedly, I've gone back and forth on this one a fair bit. There's two women who I who I really want to do, uh, and I think that there's that I'm going to go ahead and go with this one. It's also slightly controversial, but I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to do it. I feel I feel like I'm I'm wrong if I don't speak my heart. On this podcast, um, Aaron Blanchfield is my my 2023 Women Fighter of the Year, mainly because I don't think I knew that she was good, and I think most people knew she was good. I don't think anybody expected her to be as fucking good as she is at this age, 24 years young, already pound for pound number five in the women's pound for pound rankings, number two at flyweight. If there was not a draw in Alexa Grasso Shevchenko, which Grasso would have been my Fighter of the Year. Four women had she not had the rematch of Cherchenko, wherein most people thought she lost and it was ruled a draw. Upset was incredible, but even then it's, it was an upset win where she was down on the card and in the rematch. It was a great fight, but I'm, most people thought Cherchenko deserved the nod. I gotta give it to Blanchfield, man. To, a dominant win over Jessica Andrade, a dominant win over Talia Santos. To go from being at the back of the rankings, you know, I mean, she fought unranked Molly McCann before her fight against Jessica Andrade. Before that, she fought J.J. Aldridge, dude. And to go from that, just a couple months later, beating Andrade, beating Talia Santos, putting your name in the pound-for-pound discussion, I have to give it to Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, and if and if we were talking about breakout fight of the year, if, if she probably would have gotten that one if we had different qualifications for it. Uh, but in the end, she's my female fighter of the year because she was so fucking impressive, man. Have to go ahead. I gotta tip it, dude. I gotta tip it. You know, I knew she was good, but not that good. So, mm-hmm. but now we have our last award before we go ahead and break into some news. Male fighter of the year, man. Um, a lot of great choices from from the combat sports world. Who do you got, man? 
I mean, look, and, and, and once again, like I, I, I feel like not too many of you guys stood out, but there, if we had to go through all of them, there was probably two good options. And I went with the latter, and that was Sean Strickland, Josh. He is my Ooh. male fighter of the year. Yeah, same same here, man. My male fighter of the year is the human Marlboro Red, Sean Strickland, man. I got to give it to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, jokes aside, dude, I mean, I'm glad we're in agreement on this. I mean, three wins, all of them being pretty damn dominant, including the upset win over Izzy. And, it's all, and part of it also comes from the fact that I don't think either one of us ever expected to be talking about fighter of the year, Sean Strickland. So it's probably our expectations that played a bit into it. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, you were talking about a guy who completely flipped his reputation around for being like, I mean, I remember after the Bahia fight last summer, some people looked at him, looked at him like he was a fucking joke. I mean, um, yeah. nobody ever, I don't think too many people thought he was world-class caliber even going into the fight with Izzy. So yeah, man, I, I got to tip it. That's a great pick. And uh, yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But uh, any any anything else you want to mention, man? Would that be about the twenty twenty three years of combat sports, or any any other fighters you want to mention? I mean, to touch on the male fight of the year, my only other choice that I had, and I didn't make, and the only reason is because they also had a loss this year, was Alex Mahe. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a good choice as well, but he did suffer the knockout loss to Easy and his uh, and and ended up losing his title. He ended up regaining another title. But if somehow if he could have maintained dual weight championship, I think it would have been pretty undisputed Alex Bahia for uh, fighter of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in full agreement with that. Um, but who knows? I mean, that's that's the fun that's the fun thing, man. I mean, if he didn't get knocked out by Izzy, probably doesn't end the year as light heavyweight champ either. So yeah, we um, don't know that, but you're not wrong. <laughs> you're, yeah, I mean, who knows though? But anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, an excellent year for combat sports. Um, this is a, this is actually a kind of a quick question that I didn't even have in there. I'm curious, what do you think had a better year, MMA or boxing? It's a tough one. It depends how you're looking at it, right? Because a lot of big fights got made this year. I mean, you gotta you gotta think about it. We had Ryan and Tankmate, a big fight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, whatever you want to make about the fight, it's a different story. Uh, we obviously had Bud Crawford and uh, and Earl finally happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously. We had Fury and Ganu, another one. Fury and Ganu, uh, basically all the Riyadh cards, right? Yeah. Um, and and for MMA, I mean, there was a lot of upsets. You know, that could, I mean, depending how you look at that, that's either a really good thing or really bad thing, depending, you know, kind of where you want to sit on that. I, I don't know what to make of it. I thought MMA had a, a a pretty solid year. It was a fun year. It had a lot of ups and downs. It had drama, but I think boxing might have just edged it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's I'm actually in agreement with you. Um, what a what a what a year for boxing, man. I mean, I never thought I would ever say that boxing had a better year than MMA. And I don't think MMA had a bad year by any means, um, especially the pay-per-views all delivered. But you got to think about outside of those 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 really big pay-per-views. We had a lot of shit this year, too. So yeah. just a lot of months where nothing happened. So. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, we yeah. didn't get certain fights too, Josh. You know, Chimaev didn't fight his original opponent, who was supposed to be who was a Paulo Costa or I forgot who Robert what, Paulo Costa, yeah. Uh, John Jones, Stephen Miocic didn't happen this year. Uh, Charles Oliveira, Islam Makhachev didn't happen in Abu Dhabi. We didn't get Conor McGregor, or Michael Chandler. Uh, you know, obviously not not to be that not to be a dick, but we got Kobe Covington, Leon Edwards as a title match instead of Bilal Muhammad or Shockbot or whoever it may be. You know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. there was a lot of those other things. You know, there was a lot of big fights that we also didn't get. You know, but there was a lot of great moments as well. Uh, Whaley Zhang was put on the, you know, on the back burner for a little bit there. She didn't get to fight late into the year, but she put on a great performance. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, we didn't really know where 145 women's division was going to be at, but we're still getting 145, uh, you know, fights in the women's division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was, it was. Shit, Paulo Costa didn't yeah. fight in 2023. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's we missed out on John Jones, Francis Ngannou. Uh, it's another one, another yeah. big fight we missed out on. So, yeah, there there was a lot of them. John Jones, Steve Miocic is another fight. You know, like we missed out on a lot of big fights. So I I am in agreement with you on that one, man. Um, it was a great year for boxing, and I hope people don't take away that we think it was a bad year of MMA. It was a great year for MMA, but damn, it was it was uh it was an even better year for boxing. Just absolutely insane. Um. Nonetheless, man, nonetheless, that's all we got for the Sound Off Awards. However, we do have some brief, I mean, we have, like, a lot of news, but these are all going to be relatively brief, if I had to guess. Um, we got three UFC 300, three UFC, three UFC, there we go. How, shout out Dana, man. I didn't think of put that together. Three UFC 300? We got three UFC fight announcements uh, from Dana over the weekend. Dana Pink, uh, he announced Yuri Prohoshka taking on Alexander Rochich up at light heavyweight. There were rumors that one was going to go down to 298. It said it's going down to UFC 300. The featherweight debut of Aljamain Sterling taking on the uh, longtime contender Calvin Cater. And then Bo Nickel will enter as one of the biggest UFC favorites ever against Cody Brundage in his return. Uh, what do you kind of make of those matchups, man? Granted, we'll preview them in less than less than four months at this point. Uh, but what do you what do you think about it, man? I mean, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with all these matchups. I mean, I'll, I'll say, it, man, uh, Dana dropped some heat on us. Mm-hmm. He really did. Like he dropped some fire. He dropped that mixtape, bro. I might have to pick it up. Uh, I I'm agree. In, yeah. I'm in shock. I mean, Yuri Rockets solid matchup. Yuri kind of making a decently fast turnaround, I'd say. Sterling Cater, I think that's a perfect fight for Aljamain to to make his debut at 45. Uh, good fight for Cater as well. Uh, Bonacle Cody Bridge, a matchup that I never thought about. Uh, but I'm I'm down I'm down for. I think the, I I will say I thought there was other 85ers that maybe push uh Bonacle more at this point in his career. But I guess the UFC kind of wants to still take their time with Bonacle, which I, I don't think there's an issue with. Uh, I don't know if Bo wants that, but mm-hmm. especially, but we didn't even talk about this. Did you, did you hear him on JRE? I saw some of it. Yeah. I listened to the full thing and let me tell you this. I mean, he sounds like a guy who has the right idea. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. Just as far as like coming into the sport, um, it doesn't just sound like he wants to just wrestle all these guys and his wrestling is going to be his end all be all, uh, and kind of talking about how his recovery, kind of his approach to fighting, kind of his doing everything, and kind of how he's trying to bring guys up to and develop a system out there, at, like in the Penn State area, uh, and and kind of you know get guys from Penn State who are doing wrestling to kind of maybe at some point transition over to MMA, you know, kind of have that option as well if they do want to do that after their college wrestling career. I mean, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. If you haven't haven't finished listening, I would recommend 
you know, going ahead, Josh, and going back at some point to finish it because it was really great. Because uh, let me tell you, this, it only made me excited to get more Bo Nickel, especially with the way he's talking and the fact that he wants to be active and you know, kind of talking about his career and kind of starting up. And he's only really, really training for two years, apparently, Josh, which is even crazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. I from what I did see of it, he seems like he's a young guy with his head on his shoulders, right? And he's definitely like really cocky, but at the same time, like. How can you not be if you're Bo Nickel? I mean, this is like, right, right. This kid has been wrestling for his entire life. He's so fucking good. He's the greatest, like, from my understanding, he's one of the greatest of all time at his craft. I don't, I'm not as educated on wrestling as I am other combat sports, but from my understanding, when it comes to collegiate wrestling, 100%. Wow, Josh, I didn't know you were a Muay Thai expert, too. All right, dude, hey, you know, I'm out there fucking Bangkok all day. You know, I'm out there, <laughs> I'm out there in the, in fucking just killing it, man. I'm out there Stifler? training myself. Huh? I was like, Stifler? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, anyways, yeah, dude, I'm out there in the fields working myself, dude. I'm fucking kicking the pads, you know? Uh, but anyways, throwing, throwing, throwing the knee up, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's the real deal. And I understand why he's a huge favorite. Cody Brundage, I like a lot. I mean, he's had, I mean, he's coming off a big win of his own, or he's had, he's had some big wins of the UC. So there's definitely like a lot worse matchmaking you could do. But, uh, yeah, man, one of the biggest favorites of all time, man. And it's not even undeserved, too. I mean, if you look at his MMA career, he's had five fights, which have lasted, I, com- I believe, a combined less than five minutes. So not, not even a full round. Not even a full round. So fucking ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, this, this kid's the real deal. Excited to see him back. As far as the other matchups, I don't have a whole lot to add for it, man. I know Aljo wanted a, wanted a guy like Max Holloway. He wanted a bigger name. In the end, he draws Calvin Cater. It's going to be a banger. Excited to see it. I know it's not exactly what he wanted, but still. I mean, if he gets that win, though, Josh, he can easily get right up there, though. He can. I mean, and also, he's taking on a guy in Calvin Cater who I believe this will be his first fight since he got injured, right? Or I misremembering. I think you're right, unless it was the Josh Emmett fight, but I could be incorrect. Yeah, he's October of 2022, whenever he uh, tore his shit against Arnold Allen. So. so over a year, over a year, so a year, a year and some change. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And then obviously the Yuri fight, um, interesting one, interesting one. Um, Rochish hasn't fought in a while either, so we'll we'll see how he does, man. We'll see how he does. That should be a banger. Um, UFC 300, you know, they said that they're gonna Dana said he's gonna have some more fights this week, uh, hopefully. So we'll see. Give us something to talk about. It's always exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, nonetheless, man, we do have a couple of other pieces of news. Speaking of UC 300, Nate Diaz, who we haven't seen since a loss to Jake Paul in August, he's continually teasing that he will return to the UC for UC 300. If, if Nate does come back to the UC for UC 300, who do you want to see him fight in his return? I mean, there's only one choice, Josh. Yeah? Proper 12! <laughs> Conor McGregor! <laughs> you you say you think they should just say fuck it and fuck the Chandler fight, right? I mean, no. I mean, I would love to see Chandler fight over the Nate fight, if I'm being quite honest. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'd like that build up more personally. I'm more invested in it. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's probably the, the obvious one, and the fact that they haven't been able to book, um, you know, Conor versus Chandler. Maybe that's a sign. But Conor himself was out there. Earlier this week, 
ranting about how the UFC just won't give him a fight. He said he wanted to come back at UFC 300. He said they told him no. Then he heard there was July. He said he's getting really pissed off awaiting. So we'll look, see. We'll see. We're gonna keep talking about this, Josh, until they tell us. But what the fuck is UFC 300's main event gonna be? We have no fucking idea still. Is it gonna be Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira? Is it gonna be Tom Aspinall versus John Jones? I don't, Tom Aspinall versus Alex Pereira, buddy. I don't know. I mean, we we we've joked about it. I think it'd be cool. You know, I don't know if they'll they, I don't know if they'll make it happen. Is Israel Adesanya going to come back sooner than what we thought? You know? Yeah. Like, there, and we have no sense of direction still. Like, I am going to repeatedly bring this up. I'm going to, what is it, what, what's the saying? I'm going to keep beating the horse? Yeah. Until I find out, like, I keep beating the dead horse until I find out. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. But keep on beating the dead horse, man. Yeah. Um. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens next with, with Connor, man. See what happens next, because he's yeah. Any big fight he has is going to be interesting. Same thing for Nate, but uh, we'll see if they end up booking it. Um, UCP hundred needs big names, and like you said, we have we're nowhere. We're not even close to, to finding out either. So we'll see. Um, Colby Colby Covington, as uh, he's doing like a media tour now. Um, he's done a couple of podcasts. He's instead of he originally called out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson following his loss. Uh, to Leon Edwards. Now he's act. Now he's saying that he wants Ian Gary next. What do you think about that as a potential match for 170? I'm down. I think Ian Gary should be down too. Yeah. Do you think that's anything. a good fight for Ian Gary? I mean, look, he still has to get through Jeff Neal, but I think a perfect opponent following Jeff Neal, if he is to be Jeff Neal, Kobe Covington is like right there for you, man. Because if you can get through these next two guys, beat Kobe Covington, you're kind of setting yourself up there for a potential title shot. And if Kobe has you in his mouth, I mean that's a, I mean that's a good thing, honestly for Ian Gary. That's kind of ideal. Keep that going. Don't make that stop. And ideally, and it kind of pays out for both guys. It'll pay out for Kobe. It'll pay out for Ian Gary. Both guys will win in the end, uh, to an extent, I should say. Obviously, for Kobe, I mean losing at this point in his career is just going to set him back very far from the title. Uh, even though I believe there is probably no way in hell he ever returns to the title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully agree, dude. I mean, definitely a lot um, a lot of fights you can make that are interesting for both guys right now. And Ian Gary is booked to face, uh, I believe, Jeff Neal in January or February. Um, so maybe after that fight, if he can get through once game, that could be a fun one. Colby Covington also uh, recently saying that he wants to become the governor of Florida, and that is his goal after retirement. Angel, give me a 1 out of 10. Uh, how likely do you think it is that Colby Covington will ever become the governor of Florida? 1. <laughs> you don't think he's got you don't think he's got the fucking Jesse Ventura in him to, to fucking pull an upset and become governor. I don't think he does either. Uh yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I did find that funny cuz he he did an interview. I can't remember his fucking name. It's it was one of the it was one of the Republican podcasts. There's like 17,000 of them. I don't know. But uh, and he was he was asked about it, and he's like, "Oh, what do you what do you think you're gonna do after retirement?" He's like, "Well, I'm not even close to retirement. I don't think about that stuff." And then he rattled off like ten minutes about how he wants to get involved in politics and become a governor and all that stuff. And he's like, "Okay, Colby, we know what you're doing, bro." Uh, it's just a, so I give it I give it three years before he runs for some political office. Uh, nonetheless, two we have a couple other pieces of news not UFC related to go ahead and close out the show. I did mention Francis Ngannou earlier. Apparently, 
the PFL will have a pay-per-view event going down in Saudi Arabia on February 24th. Um, this has not been formally announced. I've just seen that it's been reported. As we previously talked about, Saudi Arabia has agreed to underwrite their, their pay-per-view undercard, so no wonder this, this, you know, it's going down there. What are some of the fights that you think could land on this? Obviously, we talked about Nganu, man. I think, I don't know who he'd face, but that seems very, very likely. Maybe even Kayla Harrison, Chris Cyborg. I mean, there's a lot of potential for this. So what do you think about this news that PFL is going to be holding pay-per-view events just a couple months from now? I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. It's it's so soon. I, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to – is this going to be the kind of bell tour X PFL champion card, I wonder? I don't know. Because they kind of did make that seem like they wanted to do that pretty early on in the year. Um, also, with Jake, Jake Paul's going to be co-main eventing in in March with uh, Amanda Serrano. I, I mean, that'd be a really quick turnaround. I, I really don't know what they're trying to do here. I guess they're just going to try to build a card with what they got and sell it as a pay-per-view. But even then, they're going to have to put a lot of really good guys and gals on there. And I don't know who that's going to be. Honestly, I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we know apparently Ngannou's going to be on it, and to be quite honest, there's not a whole lot of other options for him to face in boxing anyway, you know? Um, nonetheless, dude, I don't know who he'll face. I don't know what other names they're going to... Apparently, from what I've heard, this is going to be the Bellator versus PFL uh, card, their, their championship card, so... That'll be intriguing. We'll get to see maybe Johnny Eblen. I know Derek Brunson's a fight that's been floated for that one as well. Gegard Mousasi showing interest in jumping on there. Um, obviously, all the champions will allegedly be a part of it, you know, and, and Chris Cyborg, Larissa Pacheco, apparently, potentially. But Chris Cyborg said for a boxing match in January, so I don't know if it'll be fast turnaround. Who knows? Regardless, we'll have to see how this one develops. It is an interesting story that really flew under the radar whenever I saw some reports come about it uh, earlier this week. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we mentioned Jake Paul. He's going to be fighting on March 2nd in the co-main event of Amanda Serrano's return. This fight will also feature the boxing debut of Javon Walton, uh, known from HBO's Euphoria. Yes, that kid was actually a boxer. Um, so Ashtray. <laughs> Ash, Ashtray is all grown up now. So he will be making his boxing debut on March 2nd. Uh, give me your thoughts. Is it is it Amy debut, right? Or is it pro debut? Pro debut. Oh, shit. So my boy's making it big. Yeah, correct. It will be his professional debut. Uh, give me your thoughts on this announcement. I mean, he has we'll... Amy fights, though, right? I know I keep cutting you off there, but he does have Amy fights, right? Yeah, he's 20-9, and nine, I believe, uh, according to BoxRec, as an Amy. He also fought uh, Floyd Mayweather, his hyped-up prospect. Um, Carmel Moton, I believe his name is. Moton? I don't know. Young, undefeated kid, 18 years old, being hyped up by Floyd by now. Uh, him and Javon Walton fought twice as Amis. So that's a fun thing to keep out, uh, to keep watching for in the future. So, yeah, but yeah, it's going to be his his pro debut. He's definitely I mean, had more than a fair share of amateur fights. I mean, look for for, for the Jake Paul's promotion. I mean, this is like the perfect person, right? You have this young kid who very talented. I mean, I remember back in the day when he was talking. I mean, a few years back, he was talking like he wanted to go to the Olympics for boxing, wanted to go to the Olympics for gymnastics. He's also big big into gymnastics, and. uh you know, he, he was just hyping all this stuff up, and and even now, I mean, look, have we ever had anybody who's kind of had this kind of following and stardom who's actually this talented a sport, 
and done movies and shows that were as big as they were. You know, I don't think there's any, ever been anybody like that. I mean, he is, he's definitely got some star power behind him at such a young age and he hasn't even made his pro debut. And on top of that, he, uh, you know, like I said, he has this big following. Like it's just, it's just shocking. Like I don't, I don't know if there's ever been anything like this. Uh, I mean, he's he could potentially be a big star in in, in a few years down the line. Obviously, he's got to build up his record. He's got to stay consistent. He's got to fight and obviously stay focused and have his right mindset. Uh, I don't know if he's going to continue doing the acting or doing TV shows or anything like that because you know that obviously going to play a factor. But you know, it sounds kind of weird, but in a way, Javon Walton can kind of, in a sense depending how his career goes and how he wants to take it, can kind of relate a little bit to Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. I mean, it's a little different because Jake went from acting YouTube, social media to boxing, where Javon was already training, trying to come up, oh, oh, that always been into boxing, and then went into TV but kept doing all this stuff and then is now kind of shifting his focus to his athletic career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they probably can relate in that aspect. That's something that I've also thought about, too. So if there's a guy that, like, I don't think anybody should probably ever take advice from Jake Paul, but I think if there's a guy who's going to relate to him, it's probably Javon Walton. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, excited to see that debut. Excited to see who Jake faces. Obviously, it's going to be a guy of Andre August's caliber, you know, a, a lamb being led to slaughter, basically. So, Or maybe, or maybe a little yeah. higher, maybe a little higher. I, I mean, look, I mean, I would be shocked given the short notice aspect of it in that it's in the co-main. I mean, if he loses, that's like the absolute worst case scenario. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, man, regardless, this is our last piece of news today. It's a bit of a low key one, but I feel like I feel like I got to go ahead and, and bring it up, man, because my favorite tradition, MMA does not have too many traditions these days. They really don't. It just by virtue of the fact that the sports just changed so much over the years. My my favorite tradition for a long time is the New Year's Eve card going down in Japan. For a long time it was Pride. Now it's Ryzen doing it and Ryzen 45 going down December of New Year's Eve, like I said, and there's a lot of banger matchup. Koji Horiguchi taking on Makamoto Tahashi for the Ryzen Flyweight title. Juan Archuleta, the Ryzen Bantamweight champion on Kai Asakura in an absolute banger. You see veterans like John Dodson littered throughout. What's your interest level in this fight card? The only fight card going down this weekend. I'm excited, man. I mean, Ryzen always puts on a fun show. It's obviously going to be in the Saitama Super Arena. And uh, kind of a weird thing, like something you didn't even mention there, Josh. You did say it's for the Rising Featherweight title. This fight between these two guys was originally for the – not Featherweight title, Flyweight title. This fight was originally for the Bellator Flyweight title. No longer on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Kyoji kind of like – what's going on with Kyoji now? Like is he going to continue to do like Bellator XPFL stuff? And obviously the uh, PFL doesn't have a Flyweight division. But Bellator is now PFL. What's going to go on? You know, what's kind of going on there? Same with Juan Archuleta here, you know? Are they going to let these guys kind of go out and roam and do their own kind of thing? And these, you know, because, you know, Bellator kind of was doing their thing with Ryzen. But does that mean, is PFL kind of want to do their thing with Ryzen, you know? I think that's a whole other conversation of itself there that needs to come up at some point. But nevertheless, I mean, the card, like you said, exciting. I think the, the main and co-main event are actually great fights at the end of the year. Uh you know, Cle- uh, Cleaver on the card, Rin Hiramoto, you know, always causing drama at the weigh-ins. <laughs> uh, 
Sushi Sodario, the, the sumo wrestler, heavyweight guy. Uh, and you, you mentioned Dada against Hiromasa Ukubo. Ukubo? Close enough. Close enough for me. <laughs> hard, hard last name to pronounce, man. That should be a banger, especially how, I mean, John Dawson's been extremely competitive, man, ever since, uh, exiting the UFC. I mean, he's been, he's been doing anything. He hasn't lost, he's only lost one fight since exiting the UFC, Josh. And that was to Cody Gibson. And Cody Gibson's now in the UFC once again. And made it on tough. So, I mean, if that shows anything. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I mean, you, you did mention a couple like that, that situation. I believe Warner Trail is just straight up rising now. I don't think he's even, I don't think he's a Bellator guy at this point. I think he's just straight up sound with rising. Koji, I have no idea. I have no idea. Cause from what I remember, the entire point was that he had like okay. a dual sided deal. Well, we might be breaking news. I don't know if we actually are, but it says El Juan Chaleta's, uh Instagram page, you know, Ryzen PR1, first American world champ. And then it says former Bellator band, which, which he is. But it says new PFL MMA fighter. So mm. there you go. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, yeah, interesting, man. Interesting. So I think this is going to be a uh, an absolutely – it's going to be a fun night. I encourage people to watch it. It's going to go down an odd time, but yeah, nonetheless, man. Um, this is your final podcast of the year, man. Anything you want to say to the, to the sound off fans out there? This is a very big 2023 for us. I mean, look, we, we exit the year. I'd say on a high, man. I mean, we, we, we did a lot this year, gained a lot of subscribers. Uh, you know, our clips went crazy. Our views went crazy. Started a TikTok. Uh, I mean, hopefully next year we kind of continue to grow and expand on the content and, and even grow a bigger uh, following. It's just been such a fun year, honestly. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be hard on this, but I think we could have even done better, you know? Yeah. I think we did very good, but we could have even done better. So hopefully next year we can do even better than this year, kind of continue the trend and break that a million views, th- uh, you know, threshold. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's exactly what it comes down to, man. I mean – we appreciate everybody who's. I mean, we're we're about to be at 1,300 subscribers, which he would have told us back in January that like, oh, you know, you guys are gonna get like, you're basically gonna more than double your audience, you know, on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> that'd be pretty fucking crazy because I don't even remember what we had to start the year, 600 something like that. I, I don't know, but Seven, you get my point. 700 probably, 600, yeah, 700. somewhere around there. But yeah, I mean, to get we got 500,000 views this year, over 500,000. You know, over 600 subscribers, and we're not we're not killing it. We're not fucking Mr. Beast, but you know, I mean, right, for, record sitting, man. I mean, our, <laughs> our last two months on yeah. YouTube, not even clips, Josh. I don't even look like podcast strictly. I mean, for a while we're there, we were talking back, kind of like how we consistently would break, like you know, 150 views, 180 views. I mean, the last few months have been con- consistently over 200 views, 300 yeah. views, 100 views. I mean, we've, we've been we do doing our fucking part, man. Exactly, exactly. We've been doing our part, and we're killing it. And, like, look, I, I went ahead and said that uh, we're going to have an announcement soon. I want to make, like, a like a, a kind of like a short video to kind of recap and kind of, like, thank the people, you know, for, for the 2023 and talk about our 2024 plan. So I'm not going to reveal what we're going to do, but we do have – me and Angel have some, like, ambitious plans for 2024 um, in terms of content and stuff like that. So – um, and in terms of like changing the show a little bit up, so um, 
Hope you guys, you know. Patreon maybe. 2024 coming at us. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see how we'll see. Hey, shit. We'll see how it goes, you know. But jokes aside, man. Uh, yeah. Big year. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hope you guys uh, stay along with us for the ride, man. I'm at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter. He's at Andrew Ortega underscore 01. At Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. You guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>